0: Good morning. Good morning, Community Baptist Church, called out ones by a sovereign God, a blessed Savior who is filled with majesty. Is that not the truth of our Savior, Jesus Christ? Good to be in the pulpit this morning, have the privilege of speaking and taking a, well, feeling for the pastor. I trust you've been praying for a pastor this week. He should be, probably long about now, know it's homecoming where he is. They don't give you the pulpit until quarter till and expect you to quit by the hour, by 12 o'clock, and then go eat. Doesn't work that way, does it? Open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Genesis chapter one, don't don't be afraid. My understanding is when uh, Dr. Criswell first became pastor of uh, First Baptist Church of Dallas. Church with a lot of history. Uh, He opened the Bible in the first, maybe sermon or so, Genesis chapter one, and he announced that he would uh, preach through whatever text he finished. And when he got at the end, he would quit in that text and begin in Genesis, where he left off next time he was in the pulpit. Well, he followed, I think it was Truett, Dr. Truett, that he followed there. And they said, oh, you're going to kill our church. Nobody's going to come listen to Sunday after Sunday, just a continuation. And to their surprise, It wasn't long till the pews were filled. And it wasn't long till the aisles were filled. Power of God in the word of God, speaking through a man of God. Well, we begin in Genesis this morning. and uh, The book of the Revelation, I've got just a short time to get there and finish. But that's not my purpose. (laughs) Let's read the text together. I read in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God. Father, we are grateful that we have an introduction to the greatest book that's ever been written, the book of books, a holy book, a book for men to read, to comprehend, to form our lives by the pages, and the precepts, all of the principles we find in this blessed book. To know, to know God, who's introduced here in these four words, and then to not only know God, but to believe God and walk hand in hand with our Father. So help us today in these few moments that we might see Christ, we might see the Father, we might even have the relationship and the understanding Of the holy spirit who is with us and guiding us this i pray in christ's name amen you have notes in your bulletin uh, that was passed out i put those notes in yesterday Uh, i I learned a long time ago that if we just put something in your hands that you can kind of follow through and uh, know when i'm just about finished all right You can just look down, Roman 1, Roman 2, Roman 3, and when I'm down to Roman 3, then you can know I'm just about ready to quit. But what is in a name? In the beginning, there's a name that's given. Next word, God. In the beginning, God. God is one. And yet, God has many names. Are you aware of that? Uh, Just for the one name, well, we're going to talk about all the names, not all the names. We're going to cover some of them today. but, But the names of God are so important and emphatic for us who say we know Him and are His sons and His daughters. God is one. The book of Deuteronomy says... Verse 4, chapter 6, verse 4. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Let me read that and put a couple of names in there that speak of who God is. The Lord, that is Yahweh, our God Elohim, the Lord Yahweh is one. You know, there's The Bible teaches that the main significance of God, one of the main significance that we can know about God, and that is that God has many names. And yet, with those names, He reveals Himself and how He works in your life and in my life. So God introduced Himself in This, these four words, four words, in the beginning, God, the word there is Elohim, in the beginning, Elohim, it is a masculine noun that is, get this, plural. You think, surely, it should be singular. We read it as a singular noun, do we not? But no, it is a plural word. And you know, with that, we can begin at that point to look at, discern, and hopefully go through the rest of the scriptures and find there is a triune Godhead, there's a trinity. And so when when I begin to discuss the Trinity, I like to start right here. In the beginning, Elohim, a plural noun. So what's in a a name? Well, you know, one's name is a point of identification. You folk know me by my middle name and my last name. I dare say there's just a handful of you in here who I pastored from 1981 through 19, uh, what was it? Whenever we determined God wanted us to go somewhere else, that was to the Philippines. And the... how many of you even know what my other name is? Let me see a show of hands. Well, there's one, two. Well, I see my doctor knows because he calls me Hardy. Did you know that? My name is Hardy Dean Hightower. Don't ever. Call your sons by their middle name. Every time I see a, a document that I've got to sign, the government doesn't know me by Dean. The government knows me by Hardy. If I sign a, a paper for my Social Security or whatever, praise the Lord, it comes on the 17th every year, uh, every month, excuse me, not every year, every month. <laughs> But if I sign my name Dean, they say, Who in the world is that? My legal name to them. What was my. Po-? Don't name your. Don't call your sons by their middle name. It's confusing to everybody and uh, to me as well. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for that. Amen. Uh, but, but think about that. The government knows you necessarily not by name. The government knows you by number. Now you and I know each other by name, and it is a personal relationship. Am I correct? That makes it personal. I have one person in particular who we call each other friend. He's my friend. Well, that is a title by which I acknowledge him. He acknowledges me. I could say Doc or Doctor, and would you know who I was possibly talking about in the church? We have two who have earned doctorates here. I'm talking about Dr. Ashley Shook. If we called him by the other name, and I don't even know what that name is. Nobody else would know whom I was talking to. And so anyway, all of that is to say this. What's in a name? We need to understand names. God introduced himself to mankind here by the title of Elohim. As I said before, you can look into that title, plural noun, and begin to study. And when you get into the Gospels, get into the Epistles, and you begin to see, interacting in the Gospels, there's a Father who sent the Son. There's a Son who said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and yet they are two different individuals. And when the Son was finishing His ministry, Jesus Christ, on the face of the earth, He said, it is expedient for me to go away. For if I do not go away, He would not send the Holy Spirit. And so what is in a name? Seeing that this began to unfold, Genesis chapter 1, these four words, Began to unfold some seven to ten thousand years ago. What does that mean to us? Well, it means number one that we must investigate it. If we're to be people who are wise in any fashion, we need to investigate and see what this is all about. It means number two. That we need need to see who this one is. If we don't know who this one is and are not interested in investigating, then we're going to miss the blessings and the benefits of who he is and what he offers to you and I freely. It means that when you and I begin to know this one, God, Intricately, by every name that we find in the text or in the Bible concerning him that he gives, then we begin to have a healthy respect, an understanding, an awe, a worship of who this one really is. So today, I can only do a a cursory investigation with you. You you give me 30 minutes of your undivided attention, and you know what happens after 30 minutes? Your watch begins to control your attention after that. I make no promises, all right? But one of my desires today is just to whet your appetite for God. If I, can, if I can, can complete that task and succeed with that task this morning, then that person who at this point will leave this place and say, I've got to know Him. I've got to know more about Him Then I have fulfilled what God wanted me to do. You know, God confirms many ways, that you're on the right track. I walked in yesterday and ran some cop. well, ran these copies off for you, and uh, I inserted them into the bulletin, and the first thing that caught my attention this morning was the bulletin. The, just the front page. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, that's confirmation to me that what I'm saying to you today Name above all names, worthy of all praise, my heart will sing, How great is our God. I said, Thank you, Lord. I thought all along in my preparation time I was on the right trail. Now you've just confirmed it. How many times will pastor come and stand in the pulpit? How many times have I entered into the pulpit and the first song that's sung is nothing but confirmation what's been on the pastor's heart time and time again God confirms it Well, my heart is confirmed today that uh, I'm on the right path so let's get to it God point one is well known by his name Old Testament names for God I'm going to read scriptures you can follow you can take your notes home and and dig for yourself Old Testament names for God is the strong and faithful one. In the beginning, the strong and faithful one, Elohim. You note the attributes of the faithfulness and the uh, omnipotence that are manifested in that name. This name, Elohim, is used over 2,500 times in the Old Testament alone. That's important. That's for us to understand, to grasp. Psalm 90 and verse 2 says this, From everlasting to everlasting, thou art Elohim. God will never cease. Everlasting. Point in time past. God was. Forever in time past future. God is Elohim, and He's the strong one. Where do we see strength in our Lord? Well, we see it in creation. How many times do you see the word God here in chapter 1? Fast forward to chapter 12 with me, and verse 1. And God tells us a little more about Himself In this particular chapter, this particular verse, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. You know what the title is there for our God? The title here is Yahweh... Elohim, in Genesis 1, 1. Now we see God is introducing himself to a particular person, Abraham, or Abram at this point, Yahweh, which literally is Y-H-W-H. Now pronounce that, if you will. You can't. The, The... Jewish people had to add consonants to that to come up with the name Yahweh. And we're going to come back to this in a a few moments. But we find that this is the most sacred name for God that He gives to Himself for us to understand. This word, Yahweh, is used 6,823 times in the Old Testament. Wow! 6,823 times. The name Yahweh is the most sacred name for God. Did you know that Old Testament, even in the times of, of Christ, I'm supposing, the scribes who were copying scriptures, when they came, if they were copying a manuscript, They came to this text right here. Now the Lord, they would take their writing instrument, lay it down, go take a bath. Come back, write the word Yahweh, lay their pen down, and go take another bath. And I've read that they would even throw the pen away. You you begin to see Sacredness of God? Yahweh. Yahweh is a sacred name and it is known by the association of the covenants that God makes. You see, it's Yahweh who said to Abram in Genesis 12:1, get out of your land and go. Go to a place that I will show you. Let me, let me give you a little hint something. You may know this. You may not. I read, I'm in chapter 12. Now the Lord, watch this. Uppercase L, uppercase O, uppercase R, uppercase D. All in caps. Now, as I go to, my, to the next name, that we find in scripture, which is another name, flip just a couple of pages, chapter 15, and verse 2, where God's speaking to Abram, talking about the covenant that he's making with him, said after these things, he called him to go in chapter 12, and also made the covenant, confirms the covenant in chapter 15. Now after these things, the word of the, all caps, of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, I am your shield and your great reward. Verse 2, And, and Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Now we, we find in this passage, Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Let me read it this way. We find the name Adonai. That's in music a lot of times, is it not, Randall? Abram said, O Lord Adonai, God Yahweh, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? You see, Adonai was was first used by Abraham when he sought the will of God in adopting an heir. And he said, Master, Adonai, concept, God, Master, Lord. He says, Master, implying that God is sovereign. And it implies the possibility of knowing the will of God. How do you know the will of God, except your Master reveal the will of God to you? How important that is. Now, there are New Testament names, and one of the New Testament names that we know is the word Father. The word Father means one who imparts life. When Jesus said, pray, you say, our Father, which art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Father means that your physical life came from God. That you now have the spiritual life which comes from God. You now have eternal life which comes from the Father. So just trying to quickly let you know these names. Your ongoing sanctification Set being set apart is by your father. Now let's move next to the next name that we find in Scripture of God is Jesus. Jesus means Savior. In uh, Matthew eleven, excuse me, Matthew one twenty one twenty five, the instructions to Joseph is call his name Jesus for He will save His people from their sins. And so when you come across this name, it's Savior. Let me go to the second name that Jesus bears, and that is the Christ. Matthew 1.16. Jesus, who is called Christ. That means the Anointed One. The Messiah. And then, of course, there's the third name we find in the New Testament, and I'm going to speak of that one as the Holy Spirit, all being God. Now, Jesus, in John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you, even the Spirit of truth. Another there, indicating that when Jesus leaves, he says, I won't leave you List. I'm going to send another who is like me. Now grasp that in the name of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to come and tie these together. You see, the Bible tells us that God is well known by His name. But let's advance that for just a moment. God is well known by relationships. That's where I want to go. He's known by relationships that are connected to his name. Listen, watch this. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. Adam walked with Elohim, his creator, Lord Yahweh daily in the cool of the day. Listen to this passage. Chapter 3, verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord Yahweh, God Elohim, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord Yahweh, God Elohim, among the trees in the garden. Then Elohim, excuse me, Yahweh Elohim called to the man. It's sad. Adam's fellowship was broken at that moment because he sinned against God. Now, to Abraham, watch this one. Abraham, I'm in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Abraham obeyed Yahweh when he called him to leave his homeland and follow him. Hebrews eleven eight 8 gives us a little commentary. Pastor will get there next year sometimes. <laughs> eleven eight 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham obeyed. His Lord. Abraham was a sojourner. God said to him, Go. Abraham didn't say, Where? He just said, Go. And the rest of his life, Abraham spent in obedience to God. He followed God. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah understood God as Adonai. Isaiah heard the voice of Adonai, whom he considered his master. Isaiah 6 and verse 8, the scripture says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord, Adonai, saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Abraham, uh, excuse me, Isaiah humbled himself before God first. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm in the presence of my master. What do you want me to do? Who will, who will go for me? Adonai says. Isaiah said, here my Lord, send me. Obedience, connected to his master. Simon Peter acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ. John 6, you do, not, you do not want to go away also, Confrontation, latter part of verse 67. You do not want to go away also, do you? Jesus asked. You see, at that point, many people were walking away from Christ, leaving. You want to go away also? Listen to what Simon Peter had to say. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Simon Peter, to Jesus, your Savior. There's no other Savior but Christ. Who can we go to but you? What about the Pharisees? This is a a sad situation here. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, the message of uh, Stephen to those who are just going to kill him. And, and Stephen says to this, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You see that picture? Holy Spirit is God. Not the Father, not the Son, but His own name. And you're doing just what your fathers did, he says, and Jesus said this concerning these people who were under conviction by this man who had given them a complete history of their people, Israel. Jesus said in Matthew 23 and verse 38, Behold, your house is left to you desolate. How sad. The resisting of God the Holy Spirit. How many of these Same men who picked up stones to stone Stephen to death departed this world having heard the conviction, the convicting voice of Stephen, and yet departed sad and went to hell. Maybe all but one. Who was that? Who was that one? As the pastor says, now is time for interaction. Who was that one? Saul of Tarsus. Paul, the writer of 13 epistles in the New Testament. He didn't resist the Holy Spirit. He did it on that day. But in the day of his salvation, I believe it was maybe even at the preaching of Stephen, as they killed him, murdered him, martyred him, God spoke to Saul through the Holy Spirit. As Saul gave testimony, this Jesus whom you have crucified, God has made him Lord and all of all. You know, when I think of, of the names of the Father and how people in the Old Testament interacted with him, I have to think of, of uh, Jesus Christ, how he interacted with the Father. Matthew chapter twenty-six. Let's go over and look at that one. Matthew chapter twenty-six and verse thirty-nine. Here Jesus is at the point of dying for your sins and for my sins. Before the cross, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And the relationship that Christ, your Savior, had with the Father. Listen to his words here in verse 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, you see that address? Who is he talking to? Who is he calling upon? The Father, the one who sent him into the world. John three sixteen. God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten Son. And here he says to the one who sent him, Oh, my Father, If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And so, God was well known by Adam, by Abraham, by Isaiah, by Simon Peter, by by the, the Pharisees knew about him, but they rejected him, and he was known by Jesus Christ, the Father was known if it be possible. God is well known by relationships connected to His name. You, you and I are known to God by the relationship that we have with Him. That's how God knows you. We know His name. He knows your name. And so God is well known, thirdly, God is well known by relationships connected to His name and how people respond. Adam sinned and then responded. He hid himself. I don't know that God ever walked with Adam again in the cool of the day. I don't think He did. I think of another one that walked with God. just comes to mind. Enoch. Enoch walked with God and was not because God translated him. God took him to heaven. You've heard it said and I've said it too many times. He and God are out walking one day enjoying the fellowship and it's so close, the fellowship between the two of them and they've been walking for a while, and God looks at Enoch, and he says, Enoch, it's closer to my house than it is yours. Why don't you just come go home with me? Enoch walked with God. What a relationship that is. And others you you could take in the scriptures and go through the scriptures For the unregenerate person that's here today, and maybe I'm speaking to someone who has never, ever professed Christ as your Savior. To you, that person, respond by faith. For by grace you have been saved. You're being saved through faith. No other way to salvation than faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Respond by faith, God, the strong one and faithful one, the self-existent one, Adonai, the Lord and Master, Jesus, the Savior, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And you see that God does a work of regeneration the very moment that you cry out to Him. And these are just a smattering of the names That the Old Testament bears. The name Elohim is is broken off in twenty-one different categories of who God is. And every one of these, showing you, showing me, the creator in the beginning, God, next word, created. The Lord, the Master, the Creator wants to have a relationship with you and with me. And I'm going to tell you, you can't have a relationship with somebody you don't know. Think about that. Know Him. So to the unregenerate, God says, trust me. Now, to the regenerate or the saved person here, how are you and I supposed to respond? Let's look at these two texts, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Two ways God wants you to respond if you know Him. Book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, here where the Bible says, we are His workmanship. God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Catch that. Created in Christ Jesus. Christ. Jesus, Savior. Christ, anointed one. For good works. That's the purpose of your salvation. Which God, and by the way, if we were to look at that word there, it would probably go back to the Old Testament and would have been The word Elohim, the strong one, which God has before ordained that you should walk in those works. I like the way the ESV writes this for believers. Chapter 2 and verse 10 it says, You are his masterpiece. Wow. You're his masterpiece, God's masterpiece. Created for good works. So that's how God wants His children to respond. Number one, in obedience. Obey Him. He has a plan for our lives. And secondly, He wants us to respond in fellowship. Turn with me again. First John. Chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 1 and verse 3, 1 John 1, 3. Here the Bible tells us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. Now catch this idea. You see, most of those men I talked about in the Old Testament, and there's many, many others, they had fellowship. With God. Now, what is your fellowship about in the Scriptures? Well, he continues, and he says that you might have fellowship with us, and truly, our fellowship is with the Father. Do you know what fellowship literally is? It's not two people sitting down and laughing and talking. That's what we have reduced biblical fellowship to. To people enjoying each other. No. Fellowship, defined properly, is working together for the greater good of God who is our Lord and our Master who has saved us from the eternal pits of hellfire and has translated us, made us sons and daughters of God, and one day we're going to spend eternity with Him, with the Father. Catch this. He says our fellowship is with the Father. And with His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then He says, and our fellowship is with one another. Now, I think the church has gone astray. I think it's off path. We've missed the point of working together. Workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. So I see in in this that God has for His children. God is well known by relationships connected to His name. And how you respond. How I respond. And just simply two responses. What God said, do it. And what God said, do it joyfully, together. Project, whatever it might be. Did you enjoy home missions this year? How many of you were involved? How many of you enjoyed it? That was fellowship. There's fun in fellowship. Fellowship. There's fat in food. And so it, food is fine. you got to have it. I enjoy it as much as anybody else does. I had an invitation last night. Went home and burped the rest of the night. <laughs> but it was good going down. We had fun, didn't we? We'll have fun this coming Saturday night. And by the way, I'll put in a, I'll put a plug in. Are you 50 years old? You're considered by us senior citizen. All right, six o'clock next next Saturday. We'll have fun, and you know, out of fun can come fellowship. We can we can get together and we can talk about projects, God's workmanship unto good works, his work, not ours, but his work. So what's in a name? Well, all depends on whose it is, isn't it? I know some names I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for their person. And I know a few that, uh, hey, I would even consider giving my life for. Depends on who it is. You know, lost person here this morning. Jesus Christ considered you. You may not you may be worthless. I don't know who you are. But Jesus Christ considered you. And what did He do? He gave His life for you. Trust Him, Jesus. The name means... What does the name Jesus mean? Savior! Or Jesus saves. That's what it means. Now, for the saved individual... Adam's walk with God was interrupted. Mm. Where's yours? Abraham, he spent the rest of his life walking with God, looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. What did Isaiah do? Isaiah fell on his face and worshipped. What did Peter say? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so I find that if we do anything other than know Him, love Him, obey Him, and fellowship, with him, and with one another. We're all failures. But we don't have to be. So I plea with you, I hope I have just whet your appetite, that you might, that you just might want to investigate this one. That's introduced to you in the first four words of the Bible God. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you that you are God, and being God, there is none other beside you. You alone have a plan, you got a plan for each individual life here this morning. You have a plan for history. You know how it's going to turn out. And it's not going to turn out well for mankind. I know that. But we know how it will turn out for those who will know you. Who will come to Christ. Those who are in Christ. Oh, there may be a lot of heartaches and a lot of hard things to face in this life. And we face them every day. But yet, there's peace, there's joy in the midst of those heartaches and hardships. Because we're fellowshipping with you, Father. We're fellowshipping with God's people. God's people are helping us carry the load. We don't have to carry it alone. And so my prayer and my plea today would be, Father, Anyone here who does not know Jesus, Savior, they would bow that knee today and become your child through faith. And for each of us who do know Him today, that we might not just say Jesus, we might see Him as Savior, we might see Him as Lord, we might see Him as Master, we might see you, Father, as having a perfect plan for us. That when this life is over, we can stand before you. We can hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. But Father, I know it won't happen without understanding the book wherein you've introduced yourself. And for some probably 10,000 years now, people have rejected you, just like the Pharisees did. Their house was left to them desolate. God, don't let it be. Don't let it happen to this church. Don't let it happen to individuals in this church, but that we might know God and walk with Him. Thank you, Father for four words in the Bible, in the beginning, God. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.